Glory be to God. Hallelujah. God is faithful to his word. When you're faithful, supernatural results take place. The doers are blessed, not just the hearers. Or I should say, not the hearers. You could hear all, you could hear for 20 years in church and have a bunch of notebooks. But the doers of the word, they're blessed in their doing. The word works when you work it according to the bylaws of the Lord. The law of love, the law of life in Christ Jesus sets us free from the law of sin and death. What's rolling around my spirit right now is setting our affections in the things above. That's one of the reasons why we do seasons of fastings and praying. And we really should do it throughout the year, not just for the month of January. We need to uh, understand that we are we're spirit beings and we must feed our spirit to do. You know, I work out. I use food nowadays as, a, as fuel. Really has nothing to do, <laughs> nothing to do with, um, uh, well, I, I take that back. I enjoy food, you know, being a carnivore. Absolutely. Good grilled steak is the best. However, uh, you feed not just to feed. You feed for energy. Yeah, enjoy it. It's good to enjoy it. But feed to do. And we feed copious amounts of word, the pure milk of the word of God. We never really leave the pure milk of the word of God. We never not need... um, uh, the the basis of that God loves us so much that Jesus went to hell for us. We we never not need that, but we also want to move on to more mature things: the meat of the word, the who and the what and where we are, and actually operate in that to bear e- eternal fruit for the Father. And it takes us to not be not allowing our emotions. Paul said, you're limited by your affections. What are your, where are your affections? Hey, I'm all for being rich and blessed and having stuff. You know, God called the rich to give, gives us all things. And he's called us to be rich. You don't have to be a con artist or an evil person to to be successful. You can actually be a godly Christian and be uh, uber successful. In fact, especially when you commit your business, if that's your calling, it's just as holy for a preacher as a as an entremissionary to uh, um, for them to run their business righteously before the Father. It's just as holy if you're called to be a prophet or if you're called as an entrepreneur to make a prophet to bring the spoils into the kingdom. But your affections, being limited by your affections, being limited because you're preoccupied by the material of the world, a lot of great men and women of God that got, they're just, they're very successful. You find how um, emotionally unattached they are with all their stuff. 
And you can really locate a, a poor person or a poverty-minded person, how they resent the blessing. A, a truly spiritual person can enjoy stuff. And of course, as the scripture talks about, you remind the rich to be good and, and, and uh, uh, rich in good deeds, it says. And, but you also understand how, how quickly and easily they could sow things. I got a, a, a warehouse full of vehicles and they sow it quickly. And how quickly it gets refilled. How they quickly reach in to sow money uh, during a, an outreach to, to receive an offering for a work. Because they're, they're doing the work through the laborer. The, 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 uh, the sower and the sender, are they get the same reward as those who work all day long. That doesn't mean it's communism. It means that they get the same profit. God is not a communist. It's, there is a work-reward dynamic in Christ Jesus. You can't work to get saved. That was the loving act of the Father and Jesus. You can't sow money to get mercy from God. That's junk. It's a demonic doctrine. You can sow mercy to people and get and God'll on behalf of God'll work on your behalf when you mess up, because we all do, to get mercy from other people, but not from God. Understand your your longitude and latitude relationships. Your longitude is worship to the Lord. And there's certain things that you can do and you can't do with the Lord in Christ Jesus. Those are laws of life in Christ Jesus, which is love and faith. And then there's the uh, your, your latitude relationships with other people. From family to friends and brothers and sisters in Christ and those who are not in Christ. They're all different relationship dynamics. There must be a, a the next uh, 10, 15, maybe 20 years, give or take a few, before the rapture, which is imminent. Just read your Daniel, do your math from that date, which predicted the actual, uh, the very day Jesus entered, the tri- made his triumphal entry into uh, Jerusalem. And then the very day when the fig tree was bloomed is the very day Israel became a nation again in modern times. And now we're the last generation. So approximately, give or take a few, the second coming of Jesus Christ from 1948, 49. I'm in the car. I don't have anything in front of me. Um, to approximately 2048, 49, 50, depending on modern calendar differences with the ancient calendars, which was 360, the orbit of the earth. God knows the day and the hour. No one does. But we know the season. Subtract that from, so just say it's uh, 20, uh, 2049. It's 2024 at, the, at this recording. 
A lot of times when I'm ministering, I feel like I'm speaking to people who miss the rapture. And they know, they, they, I mean, come on. The biggest sign and wonder of the body of Christ in modern times will be about a billion to two billion Christians disappearing. The biggest sign, <laughs> I mean, come on. You know Jesus is real. You know, Israel went into judgment. Jesus pronounced a curse. He cursed the fig tree. There's a lot more to that than just uh, a, word, a good, solid word of faith principles of calling things not as though they are. Though that's a legitimate lesson, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot more there if you do, the, if you do your homework. What tree did he curse in Bethage? What was Bethage? Do your homework. What is the house of figs? Where did the Sanhedrin meet? He did this in front of a lot of people. <laughs> he moved around. You know, I remember back in the early 90s, uh, I was driving home from, uh, I was up in St. Louis. I grew up in St. Louis. I'm driving back at a, a route for a pharmacy. I had to deliver stuff out to uh, Columbia, Missouri. And I'm driving back on Highway 70. And all these uh, grungy, dreadlocksy uh, type people were walking to Riverport Amphitheater in Maryland Heights, Missouri, city I grew up in, suburb of St. Louis. And uh, <laughs> they, um, uh, some were barefoot too. And just fr- that's freaky to me. But anyways, they were called deadheads. And everywhere that the Grateful Dead, the band the Grateful Dead went, these, pe- these kids followed them. I don't know who was financing their life, maybe mommy and daddy, you know. Uh, but they, they followed them everywhere they went, and they were called deadheads. Well, Jesus, when he moved around, he, he had this huge entourage, more than an entourage. It was like these deadheads. I mean, we're talking the hundreds that followed him everywhere he went. And so when he, when he cursed that fig tree in Bethage, it was a huge political statement against the Sanhedrin who did not recognize their Messiah. And if they simply read their own prophet, Daniel, they would have literally known the very day he would enter into um, Jerusalem. But they rejected him. And because that fig tree, and fig tree in the Old Testament always represents the children of Israel, wasn't bearing fruit, Jesus cursed the fruit. And it died instantly. Another witness said it, 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 you noticed it a few days later that it, it withered away. I think John, John always kind of spoke from the, uh, the God point of view of things. God kind of faith. He was, he was the most intimate writer as well as intimate um, um, disciple. And with the, and the, that got the stewardship of taking care of uh, Mama Mary. Um, that, that's trust. When you're trusting your own wife or family, um, your mother with uh, somebody, because you got something to fulfill, that's some serious trust there. You're not going to do that with just anybody. But we know that the, the time is short. And therefore, we need to set our affections on the things above. I'm not preoccupied anymore like I used to be 
uh, not just uh, uh, because of the end times. I mean, we're talking, you know, end game. We are, we're talking about um, just growing in Christ Jesus and understanding our affections, how unimportant a lot of things are. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're not called to poverty. We're called to be blessed. But we're also called to be so emotionally Christ-like intelligence, emotional intelligence, that we put it in its proper place. It's dung in comparison to the move of the Spirit and to the anointing. Even practical customs. We've learned this with Martha and Mary. Martha was doing the proper custom for a woman. When people come into your home, she started getting food ready. But Mary's like, I'm, I'm, I'm clinging on the word. And Jesus said it's not going to be taken from, from her. She chose the, the, the most important part. And it won't be taken from her. Basically, just saying, back off of Mary. Uh, now, now, Jesus loved Martha. Martha was doing some righteous, well, a generally a righteous thing to do. But there's also a thing called being led. Normally, I would just whip up some stuff, but right now we're just going to sit down and have some coffee and listen to the word. There's some stuff in the kitchen. I'm sitting down listening to, listening to the holy utterances from, from the heart of the Father. Whoo! That's why I'm, I'm getting pretty big on audio communications because I don't want to be distracted by material stuff. What, what the person's wearing, what they're doing, you know. Yeah, if I'm there, I'm there. But uh, I, I, I'd rather hear the word. It's hearing and he, by hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Not seeing the, the video production, even though we should do, the, the, do it with excellence. Because God deserves that, right? He's holy. He's honor. We want to honor him and do the best. But with all that said, as you mature in Christ, stuff doesn't just gets less important. And when you believe in God for millions and billions of dollars, it's because it's for the work. Yeah, sure. We enjoy the good life. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And prosperity births happenings and thus happiness but it, that you won't you won't get fulfillment from the happenings and happiness is very temporal it's momentary momentary momentarily moment it's only in a moment <laughs> but joy is a revelation and our true fulfillment is in Christ Jesus so let's set our affections on the things above and put the material in its proper place. No, I'm not talking about go grunge out unless you're part of that. Unless you're born in that subculture, don't, you know, put on some. It's not going to make you more spiritual if you, get, if you go hippie. It's also not going to make you more spiritual if you go yuppie. 
All that's the carnal religious mind trying to serve God, and it means absolutely nothing. Okay? Get over it. It means nothing. The anointing, the pure word of God, is everything. So get over your own church subcultures or your uh, your hippie movement or your yuppie movement or your business executive or whatever you want to call it. None of that is going to make you an effective lover of the New Testament and having the love of God flow through you. None of that matters. Your love walk with the Lord and the light that you, the revelation you're giving in love, because ministry is love. I'm done seeing ministers claw. I'm a minister, serve me. Do you even know what minister means, bucko? You got religious on us. I'm not here to serve you. Now, I'll walk in love with those people. I'll, I'll be kind and gentle, but I, I'll, I'm in my heart, they, uh, you know, the Lord's going to have to really say, pay attention to that person, because even though they schmucked out over here, uh, I am giving them a, giving a word through them. Well, that's the problem when you're talking about evangelism and missionary outreach work. People are carnal. You can't have a, a jerky pastor or preacher coming in and demanding to be served and demanding offerings uh, so they can get their, you know, Italian villa using the altar for their subjective wants. You're going to repel people away. See, he who wins souls is wise. Well, I have the right to do it. Well, yeah, you might have rights to do it, but is it love? I got the right to eat meat uh, offered to idols, but I'm not going to do it if it makes my brother stumble. Capiche? Love walk, it's everything. And where your affections are, if you're a materialistic luster for things and you can't turn it off, you got to get before the Lord and start asking the Lord to help you to break free from these uh, emotional soul ties. I'm not saying you have to take a vow of poverty, but you do have to sever that. Be willing to sell it all for the Lord. Uh, March is uh, my wife and I's uh, anniversary of our faith adventure. And our faith adventure was that we gave it away, sold it away, or threw it away. We have some things stored in storage. Really, the only thing is important, legal papers and pictures, everything else, you know, maybe sentimental things here and there. But if it, it's going to burn in a few years anyways. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> but anyway, uh uh, it was a, it was, we had to get, go through that process of being willing to sell everything and follow Jesus. And we obeyed that. And there's a precious fellowship that only those who obey that high calling, who, who come out from among them, even Christian thems, that actually we have a fellowship that only you can get when you do that. Those who stayed behind, uh, you're, they're precious. Jesus loves them. Jesus died for them. Don't get me wrong. But they, they, they just can't have the same fellowship unless you step out 
and obey God and do what he tells you to do. Nothing but as uh, uh, Yeoman said, um, uh, Libby Yeoman, uh, stepping out over that aching void with nothing but the word of God under your feet. It's hard on the flesh. And you want to do it when you're young. Trust me, we did it when we were in our 40s. Uh, and uh, it was tough on the flesh. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. That faith adventure starts off with putting it all on the altar. I give you everything, Lord. I am whatever you say I am. You, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. And Holy Spirit, help me to serve the Lord and give him glory. And I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And I'll do whatever you want me to do. And that's the surrendered life where you're going to have your personal, that true personal fulfillment. There's nothing holding you back. Only religion holds people back. And worldly carnality. But it's your own affections. There is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus who walk according to the Spirit. There's a key there. Be filled with the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. And you'll be free. Your sins are forgiven. Your sickness is healed. And you're free to prosper in God's will for your life. And there's, there's, there's a source of your happiness. Fulfilling the most of God's will for your life. Well, I wasted most of my life. Hey, you, you might have, you know, we, we might have another 10, 15 years left. Let's spend the rest of it as a hundredfold Christians and giving it all for the Lord and doing whatever he tells us to do. Sacrifice, service, sacrifice, and seeds, sowing uh, as led by the Holy Spirit and do what he tells us to do. And he will be pleased with you. We want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. All right, I've reached the uh, 20 minute mark. Trying to keep these short, but I don't know. Help me, Lord. There's a lot in me. Been doing this since 1985. It took some detours, but I'm back. And uh, the Lord, there's a lot in me to, to get out. And I want to be faithful. I'm going to spend the rest of my life serving the Lord and doing what He tells me to do. Peace and love as you work out your own salvation in Jesus' holy name. Amen.